Hello, everyone. Once again, you are listening to the Spodcast. This is episode six, and I'm joined by Alex, Chris, and Glitch. Once again, they're still listening. People come back. I mean, to the show? I uh, I assume that the views that we get on our podcast are not just new people every single time. I mean, if so, we've got quite the fucking advertising going on. I don't know what our marketing I scheme is, but I thought parents were just doing that to make you feel not bad. They they would not put in nearly that much effort yeah, to true. do that. They, they don't care that much about you. I, maybe no. our views are shooting up because I'm here, because they pay for that. Obviously. I'm the beloved that, son. That is it. You join the podcast, and every single one of our original viewers and listeners left, <laughs> and now we just get a rotating series of new people every single time uh, that Which my show up pay. for you, discover that that's really actually not a good thing, and then leave before the next podcast. <laughs> yep. That's what you get. Welcome to this podcast. God, we need more. So, man. in this episode... We're uh we're gonna talk about um a little event that um you might not have realized was happening called uh the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Oh, that doesn't which... sound wh- nearly as fun as academic conferences. Let's go back to that. No. Uh we streamed <laughs> oh, no. we streamed every <laughs> press conference. Uh, except Nintendo's because they do their own thing and they don't like let people restream it, so uh can we talk about We're why? Gonna... Why is that? Why uh, is that a thing? Because it's Nintendo, and like you can't even cultural make videos about their stuff. It's not like just cultural differences. I mean, play like Sony is a, a Japanese country or company. Sony is a Japanese country. <laughs> they're, <one country. laughs> they're they're a province. Oh. They're right next to Obama. Please, no. Uh-oh. Um. It's it's also Nintendo. I think just in general, specifically, more than being Japanese, Nintendo specifically is very antsy about you know sp- putting their thing up on Twitch and having like all the angry meme stuff spewing right next to it as you're watching it. But it's gonna happen anyways. That's the thing. It's like yeah, they have a sort of Disney like. Uh view of the situation when it comes to their IPs. So, uh, for those of you who didn't want to watch, like, 12 hours of us making fun at press conferences, which I totally understand, or for those of you who did watch them and want to know how we feel about it, you know, a couple days later... Um, this entire episode is just going to be like, we're just going to go through each press conference uh, in order and uh, give our thoughts about what happened. And that is about as much structure as I am going to impose upon the proceedings. Okay. So let's kick it off with uh, the first press conference. And we actually already mentioned this on the podcast because we recorded uh, last week's podcast immediately after watching it. Well, not immediately, but very soon after watching it, uh, which was EAs, which took place on, like, day minus two of E3 because, like, I guess they just wanted to have theirs on a Saturday ahead of everybody else's. Um, And holy shit, was that the most, like, boring press conference they've ever done? They were really impressively boring. I don't, like, I don't think they, they could do that again. 
they, they didn't do anything with it. Like, what the hell was even announced there? We we had sports games, which none of us really care about. Um, so I apologize if you're one of the people who's really into sports games, but we don't really have an opinion on that. Um, uh, Battlefront um, and uh, they had, the DL- uh, Need for DLC Speed. For- DLC for uh, Battlefield 1, um, and then that indie yeah. game, or not indie, but the, the smaller game, A Way Out, by the guy that did Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. Um, right, yeah. That and was, then they had a teaser for sort of alluding, The sort of alluding yeah. to like other games like The Way Out, but they didn't actually show anything else. Unlike with, say, Microsoft, where they had a bunch of stuff. Oh, right. yeah. Um, a Way Out looked interesting. Uh, I'm not like super hyped for it or anything uh but it it's um sort of a prison break simulator it's the great escape but a video game uh and also not set during world war 2 um and where, also only about two people yeah where uh there are two characters and they break out of prison um and the interesting stuff they were talking about is like the that like it's going to be a very co-op focused game. So like you play one character and your yeah. friend plays the other character, um, and you work together to to break out of this prison. And it looked like a game that wasn't very systems focused from the way like from just from the trailer and the guy talking about it. Like it looked more The Walking Dead than it did like Grand Theft Auto or something like that. Uh, where like oh I don't maybe know you'll... I think it. Maybe a bit of both. My, more more systems focused than like a, a strict Telltale game like The Walking Dead, but it felt a lot like you were you were going into various different situations and doing different things in different scenes rather than like having a strict like oh this is your you, this is a stealth game where you sneak around and occasionally knock guards out or stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like it's a kind of game where you will be doing different things depending on the scene. Based on what we've seen, there's driving bits, there's uh, order of operations puzzles where one guy has to distract a guard while another guy gets the keys or unlocks the door. Um, there's teamwork platforming where you both have to sort of push push up against each other's backs and climb up out of a vent. There's some light, uh, what looked to be either cover shooting or just cover avoiding being shot at. Um, lots of different mechanics that I think are all going to play up this idea that you two have to work together simultaneously to solve problems. Um, I don't think it's going to be systems... I system- like that. I don't think it's going to be systems-driven like the game is, a, is you know... Like Brothers had one mechanic, which was the two brothers right. hold each other's hands and can kind of help each other. This game looks like it's going to have lots of different mechanics, all with the twist of you have to help each other out. So I'll be curious to see how it plays, but uh, it's, it's certainly the most interesting game out of EA's conference, I think. Yeah... It's not really saying much. That's true. I like any game that allows me to play with my friends and to fuck with Josh. That's a pretty high on my criteria list. Does this game let me fuck with Josh? I'd probably play it. Uh, it's interesting they were push they were like really pushing the split screen local multiplayer angle with it, uh rather than talking about like online multiplayer. Like I think the guy's exact words were like, um, you can play the game online, but I don't approve. <laughs> uh which is weird in twenty seventeen to see someone saying I certainly don't have anyone around here that I would care to play a game in split screen multiplayer with. You know, maybe if Glitch and I lived closer to one another 
even then, I mean, when would we actually take the time to meet up with right. each other when we could just sit in our house and do it? Like, I love you, but do I have to see you? No? All right. I'm in. <laughs> it's not the kind of game that would, like, appeal to those who would have a, like, sibling that would sit down on the couch with them and play. Like, maybe if it was, like, some sort of Nintendo game or, like, something geared towards maybe a younger crowd. But I don't see, like, Prison Break, uh, you know, grabbing those eight-year-olds. Yeah, it's a pretty mature game. I guess you could, like, like you could envision a situation where, like, you and your spouse or you and your roommate or whatever are playing it. But, um, you know, uh, does split-screen multiplayer appeal to those demographics all that much? I can't imagine sitting down and playing a game like that with my wife. Though, now that we mention it, I definitely have to, just to see. <laughs> I, I think that's you. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling out. You were saying something, Chris? I, I was going to be a pretentious asshole. Uh, oh, okay. So, <laughs> no, Please, I just, by all um, means. I, I think it does say something about the assumptions of game literacy on the part of the game developers, where, like... I think the idea in the, the based on what the guy said during the presentation is the the vision is you and a friend or a partner sit down and play this game and you go on this emotional journey together and then there's some sort of catharsis at the end like you've gone on a full experience and I th- I think they made that point of of wanting that's why he wants you to sit down next to another person um but there's some assumptions there about game literacy and I can't help but wonder like like if I sat down with my wife to play this game, I think it would just end our marriage. Like, <laughs> like if if it really requires the two of us to like work together to escape a prison, and I'm like, okay, I'll go distract the guards. You go unlock the door, and and I mean, she had problems like working her way environmentally, moving around something like Life is Strange. So like, it, it really is hard to find people that are not just someone who would like to do a media thing with you, but someone who is game literate enough to help you play the game as you as you move forward. And, and it's is a interested in act. experiencing an emotional journey with you. Right. And, and that can work in games like The, uh, the Last of Us. Uh, we, we played that game together because it was mostly like panic decision-making, and that was the mechanic that drove most of the game. But here it feels like you really are expected to be able to both contribute meaningfully to get out of a situation and... Depending on how hard these mini games are, that could, that could be pretty demanding to novice players. Remember that IKEA furniture building game? That was a perfect example of like <laughs> a co-op game that the, destroys the everything in its path. Yeah. Yeah. The like oh, it's one person holding a peg and the other person holding the hammer, and like it's just as frustrating in real life as it is in the game. And man, what an experience! I mean, like, (laughs) building furniture is not an activity that I would file under the category of fun, so I'm not sure why that was considered for a full fucking game. Uh, yeah, what else did EA have? I guess it was just basically, um... Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was? Okay. Speed? I tuned yeah, it out. they 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 had the bit with like the lady jumps out of the car into the truck and then drives a the car out of it. And that uh, was the thing. They're gonna fast and furious the heck out of generic. it. Yeah, well, cinematic. That's the real problem. They're trying to make a cinematic <laughs> action racing game and apply. I mean, here's the real problem to me. 
it looks like Grand Theft Auto without any of Grand Theft Auto's character. And Grand Theft Auto has its own set of baggage, but Grand Theft Auto at least sells me on the world and the reason that these characters exist and and have to steal cars and go do things. This is like just the crappy car... Mi the worst parts of Grand Theft Auto are the missions, and this is nothing but crappy car missions is what it looks like from Grand Theft Auto turned into a racing game. And I just... I struggle with that when when I could have a burnout. I want burnout. I'm not letting go of this. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about and the then... sports things for like a sec? Because sure. I know like, we dismiss the sports because it's sports and all of us are like lanky nerds who don't leave our house. But like, I, I, I like to think that... Well, I'm not, you know, not to speak for all of us, but you know, the general popular. Um, but like, there's the idea that oftentimes these sports games presentations are often fueled by star power in ways that other games are often not. I think we've seen maybe occasionally at E3, they've had like a celebrity come out, but, or like, I don't even want to get started on Jethro Tull and what the hell happened there in that five seconds he was on the stage. But like, it's this idea that like, they're really pushing for like this normalcy of like games and the legitimacy of playing games endorsed by celebrities and like sort of like i don't know if it's a matter of shying away from the fact that games are like this sort of like less nerdy less physical thing or they're incorporating athletes to make it seem like it's more okay to play games and still be an active person. I don't know. I still have lots of thoughts on this, but I don't think, I think we shouldn't be just like pushing aside like sports games and how meaningful they've been in E3 over the years. Cause I think there's something oh, to be said sure. about like the star power and all that's like those weird podcast guys were there. And like, I'm sure that means something to somebody. <laughs> I forgot about like, those guys. If if sports games weren't a big deal, I'm sure they wouldn't have them in their conferences at E3 at all. Like, uh, it's just when I dismiss them, I'm not saying like, oh, these are stupid. I'm saying like, this is a universe that I have absolutely no experience with. Um, but it, it is a good point to point out just how they are sold differently from the way they sell every other yeah. game. Like the, the the hardcore gamer games, the shooters and whatnot are all about content and also all about power and not just hardware power but the power fantasy they're giving you uh the sports games are sold a little bit more like traditional products we get celebrity endorsements to make them seem more legitimate and more appealing uh we get bands that you know to, to make them feel sort of just like ingrained in the culture and it's a very different marketing practice and what's curious about e3 is the two are jammed up right next to each other you know we bring out sexy cars for the racing games and we bring out um celebrities for the the sports stuff we don't really do that too often for, like... It's not like Assassin's Creed is introduced by, like, uh, Michael Fassbender. Because we want to distance that ourselves from so the cool. film. <laughs> it would be cool. But... I, don't, I don't know if they would do that, given how that film performed, but... But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think Alex is onto something that the, those two... That the sports games are advertised in a fundamentally different way than, than all of the other games at E3. Uh, be them artsy yeah. or more content shootery driven stuff it's like an immersion fantasy right because it always goes back to the realism of the characters how they're the fabric of their uniform looks how you can play as these characters now and how you can be in the game and i think it's just like a sports sort of fantasy that seems to really appeal to a lot of people 
but but it's selling you the fantasy version of that fantasy, if that makes any sense, right? Because the games are framed yeah. as you watch them on TV. You don't you don't actually see the gritty behind the scenes stuff. You don't worry about draft picks and managerial stuff like that. You worry about just the 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 rock band style emulation of the act of the thing, the thing you like. Just like Rock Band doesn't care about you know signing gigs and getting record deals, it cares about giving you that sense that you're a rock star. Uh, sports games want to sell you that sense that you are that guy on TV you really like watching every Sunday. So that's it is why interesting. I, I think it's interesting that over the past two years or so, we've seen a, a a sort of paradigm shift in these games where now they have all these like single player campaign modes that are less like you're watching a TV game of Madden or of like the NFL that you can also control. Um, but like are now more sending up um, like underdog sports movies. Yeah. I'd be fascinated to know like what the real demand for that kind of stuff is. Like if that's a, uh, uh, like, innovation because there's a problem with the sales or just someone said like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did this or like what? I, I can't imagine it's cost effective to come up with a scripted, scored, uh, voice acted, mo, mo capped, uh, content outside of the stadiums, um, story. I, I don't think it can possibly drag that many people in. So I'm, I'm curious what the real reason for that is. Yeah. Maybe it's to appeal to, like, non-sports games players, because I'll admit, like, I am more interested in a sports game where I have this campaign where I am playing as a character that is, like, getting good at sports and becoming the sports hero dude. Uh, you are John Sports. Exactly. <laughs> It does appeal to that sort of like RPG element. I've never played any yeah. of these games before, but I've seen them slowly add in that sort of like stat based sort of like you can modify your players and, and customize this and that. So I guess that's also a thing that's appealing because sports is such a numbers game. It's weird because they, they've had like career modes for forever, but they were always like for the hardcore number nerds, right? Like, it was always, you know, I, I'm going to set my... I'm going to be a quarterback or whatever, or I'm going to be a running back, and I'm going to set my skills to this, and I'm going to do this run, and you can either simulate the game or play it yourself. And it's just... It's weird that they've moved away from that sort of, like, simulationist aspect um, and towards a more scripted narrative thing. And, and it's, just, it's just bizarre to me. Because, like, again, baseball has done this forever, where you were able to sort of engineer a team over uh, over a decade or whatever and run games and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't want to stick with EA for too long, because we got, like, far more interesting yeah. press conferences to go to. But uh, they also yeah, showed Battlefront 2, which is a weird case of title deja vu. And, uh, like, I guess the response to that... Um, like esports esque demonstration of it was like actually fairly positive in general, but like I did not what? like it. I mean, I'm not all. surprised by that at all. It, it spawned a polycount or article or not polycount yes. polygon article about how that was terrible. I, I don't I don't yeah. know if it was responded well know. to I at was all. Just, I was reading like the Reddit threads at like after the press conference, and there was a lot of like, "Hey, this is fixing all the stuff that I hated about uh, Battlefront." 
Well, um, I mean, on the Reddit, of course, they're going to be positive about it. But at the same time, like, like all of my friends who were into Battlefront uh, and the Battlefront games were all very excited by it. So, like, honestly, I thought the reaction of you guys... I don't I haven't really been following it, but I thought the reaction of the party here was surprisingly negative. Not, I not mean, that it, you don't have a right to be, but, like, <laughs> that surprised me compared to the reactions of my friends uh, outside of the circle. It looks better than Battlefront 1, so I guess if, like, that was, like, your, like, bottom line, like, it has to be better than Battlefront 1, well, I mean, it, hey, what a surprise, they improved it somewhat. Um, yeah. But, I, I might like, actually pick it up if it comes out and is actually good. I'm never going to pre-order uh, any Yeah, game. I could see it. It looks, like, inoffensive at this point, but, like, the co- the gunplay doesn't look all that interesting still. Like, the, it looks no. exactly the same still as Battlefront boring. 1. Yeah, it, it was not mind blowing. Well, it's not that it's not mind blowing. It's that, I, and I said this on the stream. They haven't fixed any of the core problems. You still have no right. real aerial game. Um, you still have gunplay that looks super shallow. I, I just none none of it works from a play perspective, and it doesn't look like they. I, I don't right. see any new mechanics. I'll put it that way. It looks like yeah. a content pack. For Battlefront. And if you like Battlefront, it was very pretty. It felt very Star Wars. This is a bigger version of that. And cool. If you enjoy that, thumbs up. But I was bored to tears after an hour. Uh, It does not play well at all to me. And I don't see any attempt to fix it. And that was my concern. I think the criticism was basically the presentation of it. That was my understanding of this, like, mock tournament or whatever. Well, that and the was casting, fucking dumb. Whatever. But there's... And, and I think esports-style presentations have always had cynicism to them. Like, remember when the latest Smash came out? I think it was Smash 4. They had, like, a tournament where they invited... Uh, pros and personalities on to play and like Robin Williams daughter was there and it was just they could only pick one character and they were locked into that character the whole time and it was exciting to see Nintendo legitimize esports in a way they haven't before but like no one was taking that shit seriously it was it was a sham like it it's kind of like a mock esports style thing and and I tend to think esports yeah, like, I think esports fans want to be taken a little bit more seriously than that. You know, they already going to get enough flack as it is for being like, well, playing games professionally? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, well, they're actually doing a lot. Uh, and then after that was the teaser for the teaser of Anthem, where they announced that we would actually get to fucking see what Anthem was in the Microsoft press conference the next morning. <laughs> so... Uh, that that takes us to uh, Sunday morning, Microsoft press conference, um, and in case you thought that Microsoft had their shit together, finally, uh, they the, the real name of the Scorpio is the Xbox One X, which, like, is that as bad as the Wii U? No. Uh, although, I think that if you're even being compared to how bad the Wii U was as a name, you've fucked up somewhere. And it does introduce some of the problems that the Wii U had, which is like, well, what the fuck is this thing? You got the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X, and those have two very different spec sheets. It's confusing as hell. It, I, I commend PlayStation for sticking to the numbers, despite the fact that they've just been counting up and it's nothing flashy or exciting. But at least I know, generally, minus the other slims and pros, what's happening and which console we're at. And, and they had, like, 
they were reading off these very specific technical stats and like people were cheering and it's like you guys don't fucking know what that means. I don't know what that means. Nobody well, knows that what the... that means as far as like how this is actually going to perform in reality like people who are more that literate in Microsoft how processors work conference. And honestly, Sony probably should have taken a page out of the book in that uh, the micro the Microsoft conference felt very like they put all their fanboys in the front, and there's all the oh, people God. wearing their T-shirts, oh, and, and it was like, it was like clearly so very fake. like the people who wanted to be there, uh, yeah, and it, it came across as very fake. And and uh, the Sony conference, not to jump ahead too much, but the Sony conference, I was feeling bad. Uh, what's that word when you feel bad by proxy? Uh, that's how I was feeling about that one. Secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, that's what it was. Thank you, Alex. It felt like um, secondhand embarrassment. I mean, they did have that one guy that they cut to that was like bowing at the stage after a trailer in yeah. the Sony oh, press conference. Yeah. So, like, I, I still weird. don't know what was, was up that? with that dude. I want to say that was, that was Sony. God of War, I think. Oh yeah, Maybe. I think. No, I think it was the Uncharted DLC slash expansion slash standalone thing. Anyway, we're I, skipping ahead. I, felt like that was clear. Whatever. Uh, so, my, aside from, like, the fact that the Scorpio is now the Xbox One X, um, which it has been pointed out to me, has the initials XBOX, so it's it's just the Xbox again. Except nobody's going to use that, and they're all going to call it the Xbone X, so... Good going, Microsoft, I don't even know keeping what that I'm one call... name. I want you can't the next make one it be... snappy and short anymore. I want the next one to be the Xbox One X One, so that the short <laughs> version is just XOXO, and it's like they're giving everyone kisses. Before the <laughs> the conference, I seriously suggested that they just should just call it the Xbox Two and own up to it. But no, this is even worse than that. Uh, and then to top it all off, they immediately went to their Forza segment where they brought out a fucking car, like a real Porsche, and. <laughs> And we're talking about how like powerful a car it was, and it was like, what the fuck? It it's dumb, but it's not like they're the first people to do that stunt at E3. No, but it feels out of place versus like the other more mature conferences. Like this I whole E3 idea... was a bit more like button up. I, I think the idea is to like show you a real car before they show you the simulated car to let you like compare them and go, oh my god, it's like the real thing. And I'm sure, like, some executive in a boardroom at some point said, like, that sounds like a good idea, but, like, you're watching it on an internet video that is not in 4K anyway. Sort of like when they announce the new James Bond movies, they announce the next, like, Bond car, and they bring it out yeah. on the stage, and... I'm, it's a little different because then they package it as like this is the Bond edition, but these are expensive cars, so you wonder how many people are actually, like... Like, what's the point of it? Like, how many people are actually going to buy this car? And like, I want to buy, that... buy a $300,000 car, but I want the tackiest movie-themed edition of that car possible. Yeah. <laughs> Please give me the James Bond version of your Bentley. Um, aside from Forza, what the hell else was at the Microsoft press conference? We had the other esports thing, which was like the... the... Is this Crytek's new game? Like, the... The like oh, battle that. royale esque thing, and like they had this cool kind of like almost uh made it look like it was some 
what's the the winter survival game in Canada? Um, fuck. The Long Dark. Yeah, it was it was like some long like it looked like the Long Dark, and then like suddenly this bombastic esports announcer jumps onto stage and starts yelling <laughs> about. It was Jethro Tull. That was the most embarrassing part of the whole conference, minus the, we didn't talk about this, but the EA guy, the YouTube guy, was, like, a little awkward. But then Jethro Tull yells on stage for, like, five minutes, and then they take him away. (laughs) Like, and then they just move on. It was I totally tuned out of that part of the, uh... Of the conference, by the way, like totally, completely. Yeah, I saw as soon I'm... as he started talking over it. I think I got up to go like get a drink or something. I literally just stopped in the middle of the stream. I'm I was like, nope. not interested in that at all. Um, the open world Metro game was announced at Microsoft's. Uh, that then they conference. said, oh, this isn't actually open world. Which okay, uh... so it's just Last Light again. Um. Then what was with the map? That that looked I don't very open worldly. Like that was that was like so like how you tell people this is going to be an open world game one oh one, show a map with a bunch of fucking shit on it, and like the focus of that in the trailer. Um I mean they had maps in, in Last Light, so I guess like you know, and they had fairly open areas in Last Light, so I guess it's like that. Um Like I, I guess like it's kind of like 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 good and bad to me, like, because, like, on the one hand, I was really interested in the idea of, like, Metro does Stalker straight up. Uh, on the other hand, like, open world games kind of need to go away in general right now. Like, fucking stop, please. Um, please don't make the next, next Mirror's Edge a open world game, thanks. So, like, you know, uh, they have a proven formula with the Metro games uh, that's very Half-Life-y, and if they want to do another one of those, I'm perfectly happy to let them do that. Um, Battlegrounds is coming to Xbox, I guess? Is yeah, exclusively to the Xbox One. Um, or maybe at least, like, console launch exclusive. They had a bunch of games that were, like, console launch exclusive. They had a fucking ton of games at this conference. I'm trying, I'm like struggling to remember the like what Microsoft stood out. Microsoft was killer. Yeah, I'm looking at a concerned. list of most of their reveals. Um, so do you have that? Can you toss that my way so I can the, also look at this? Uh, it's not everything, but yeah, they We're had not trying so many to go games. in order here, right? I really no, like the look no. of that. It was a small game they showed. I'm pretty sure it was the Microsoft one, the one that was like dwarves. You're playing as dwarves. Maybe Space Dwarves? I was not running oh, yeah, sure. oh, yeah, the Space Dwarves really thing. Cool. I, again, I'm all about multiplayer, like, especially multiplayer games where you can work with other people. I'm all on that. Like that. Oh, they had Sea of Thieves at this one. Oh, Sea of Thieves. I could go on about that. I could go on about that game. I know that it's not, like, a fan favorite or anything, and, like, it didn't wow people, uh, but for me, that was a treat. I really enjoyed that. I'm very much looking forward to Sea of Thieves, and I'm going to make Josh play it with me forever. Uh, I mean, I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm kind of on board. Crackdown 3 featuring Terry Crews. And then, um, like, like we it featured a live-action bit of Terry Crews, and then, like, Terry Crews wasn't in the rest of the trailer, so I don't know how much... I'm still hopeful. Yeah, I, uh, I think it, it it could be a good replacement for Saints Row, given that we're not getting a Saints Row anytime soon. Yeah, I guess. Um, there was that guitar the... game. Oh the cool yeah, there was. 
like a rhythm platformer and the cyberpunk style like 3d yeah which created a lot of controversy after the fact because articles popped up after the microsoft conference about one of the devs or something was a little sketchy but i think so far made a bunch of like pro gamergate tweets back when gamergate was still a thing uh and that set a lot of people off yeah, I think that the company has since like apologized, and he came out and said, you yeah, know, I don't think about those things anymore." And I think that's the best that can possibly come of a situation like that. Yeah, is people really. Live and learn. I I don't know if I could get past some of the 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 premise of the game is pretty bad. If you actually read the premise on the but, Steam page, but it I doesn't. Didn't. It it I I kind of read it a little bit. It didn't strike me as like overly political, so I don't know. Maybe it's just I, uh, I, I think we'll have to Chris's wait and see. objections are more that like it's exactly the opposite of what you would expect from a cyberpunk setting. Yeah, yeah, it misreads pretty much the entire genre, which could which, be a clever version, but it still yeah, has. It's, I'm willing to give it a chance, if only because of its art style. I, I'll wait for reviews. I, and honestly, like, like, sure, it might be missing the point of the genre, but God, if fantasy could miss the point of the genre being Tolkien all the time, I'd be all for it. So, you know, cyberpunk can do it. I, I, well, there's not a lot of cyberpunk yet, so I'm not tired of it, but I wouldn't mind them to, to reinvent the wheel a little bit. I like That, that brings us genres. to one of the other Microsoft games. Uh, they, they previewed the new Shadow of Mordor uh, sequel. Oh, God. Which... <laughs> I don't care. Pokemon edition. Yeah, you get to be friends <laughs> with the orcs. I, I I respect what they're trying to do with this game. I don't know that it's going to succeed. I worry it will fall flat on its face. Um, basically, they're trying to make you have personal stories with all of the orcs, including orcs that are not your friends and then can betray you. I I feel like they're leaning real hard onto the idea that orcs, by nature of being kind of more work, kind of stupid. Dumb guys, like, they can have mm. a more flimsy Where story generation engine. There's yeah. a way. Sorry, that's a call. Well, the movie that started going down. The movie started going down those lines, and then it's only devolved since. Uh, I just, as a hardcore Tolkien fan, I am not interested in this game, like, at all. There's nothing Tolkien about it anymore, from what I understand. No. Oh, it is actively anti-Tolkien in a way that's, like, even more so than the last game. <laughs> Yeah, the last game was terrible with it, because the whole point of Tolkien's work, or not Tolkien's work, but the Lord of the Rings is power corrupts, and then here it was, we're like, no, actually, power is badass, you just need a dude that's like half-elf and half-human, and it's cool. Uh, oh, we got confirmation of the Life is Strange prequel, um, which is Meh. cool, until I found out that because of the sag after strike, um, actually, Birch is not in it. Which yeah. is a actually, weird actually decision that they the went. Voice actors for Chloe. Chloe, yeah, it's weird that they um, even went ahead with it without having her as the voice because that's like a, like a big deal in a game where apparently you're going to play as Chloe. Like, come on. It's it's not made by Don't Nod though, right? Like, so this is yeah, this is the um, technically you could consider this maybe guys. only partially canon. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I oh, mean, thank God. Here's the deal. Are they making a second one? Is that confirmed that they're making a second one? No, it is not this. It is rumored. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
look, I'll play that game, and I might play this other game because, uh, you know, if they pick the soundtrack right, you're gonna get me in that game. Life is Strange, Strange soundtrack is like the soundtrack to my life still, but uh, I'm I want to see another game in the Life is Strange universe uh, that is not having anything to do with any of the characters, and I don't know how many people want to see that, but I want to see this universe. I want to see like different things happen with different people because I feel like Max's story is done to me, and so is Chloe's. I don't need to go back and see anything of Chloe's. I don't need to go back and see anything of Max's, and I don't need to go forward at all either. I, I love that, it the way it is. Now that this has been announced, I wonder if the odds of that Don't Not are actually developing a proper sequel have gone down, simply because we know Don't Not are working on that vampire game, and that looks like a pretty big, high-budget effort from Dotnod, where they had yeah, not done a bunch of expensive in stuff so before. much as Dotnod can do high-budget stuff, yeah. Right. So I, I don't know if they have the spare bandwidth to have a second team doing, you know, pre-dev on a uh, New Life is Strange game. So this, yeah. this may have simply been wires crossed, where people are like, oh, they're making a New Life is Strange, and it turns out it's it's this and yeah, not a proper yeah. sequel. Um, then we got, like, I think our, a lot our... of... Oh, Sorry, I was go just going to add that I think we're clamoring. Like, there's a lot of people that are just clamoring for, like, more games with stories about teenage girls and sort of, like, dealing with that in a sort of fairly tasteful, fairly respectful way. And I think I'm agreeing with Steve in that we should probably Woo! see more stories about different characters, but still kind of about the same things and about the same kind of people and the same kind of issues. Totally. Yeah. And then, of course, we got our, our last surprise at the conference, which is that uh, Bioware Edmonton, you know, the Bioware studio, the people who gave you Nice of the Old Republic and Mass Effect and Dragon Age, are making a Destiny-style multiplayer online Jesus game. Christ. Sorry. My wife threw something at I, me, and the room is dark, oh. and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I thought that was in response <laughs> to the game. <laughs> She's really embarrassed. And then you heard about Anthem. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just give me a second. <laughs> Mute yourself. Okay, okay, I'm done. Um, Anthem is a game... Being made by some of the people with the worst game feel in the industry, trying to compete with the people with some of the best game feel in the industry, and I don't know how that's going to work. In, in a, for in a, a genre where that has been defined by game feel. And really not much else. There, there really is not much other reason to play Destiny other than it feels yeah. really good to play. Well, it's and not a great loot game. It's it not doesn't a great story have a story. Game. Uh, it's pretty, but it's not so pretty that I'm going, oh my god, every five minutes. It's just, it's generically pretty. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's not a great multiplayer game either. It's, it's really a great co-op game. The, the yeah. game sucked as a deathmatch yeah. game. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see how this plays out in Bioware's favor. Unless they figured out some way to do the exact opposite. Like, unless they are, that is the whole approach, is we are the anti, but Bungie. So we're going to do a story-driven, multiplayer, deathmatch-focused version of Destiny, but I can't imagine that will work out for them. Except um, all they showed was a first-person cutscene with no dialogue options, and then the rest of it was just 
doing Destiny-style gameplay, uh, and it looked like the they, game feel they were going for was basically Mass Effect with more jetpack. I like the jetpacks. I like the movement. They they do have more movement options. It, it's like they sidestepped the need for the crappy little scooters in Destiny, and, I, I and that's kind of cool. feel like was something, like, one of the few things that Andromeda, Andromeda really nailed was, like, getting the movement in a place where it felt pretty good. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. I don't like any Bioware EA game like that. I'm staunchly against them. I will say this intrigues me. My biggest concern with it is that that movement looks really fucking awesome. Uh, and what happens when that's, like... Because, like... That looked like it cost a lot of money. Like, that sequence was a big sequence. And I'm wondering, like, like how often are you really going to be able to fly around like that? Uh, because that looked like a really well-put-together environment, and can they really afford to make many of those? And I think the answer is probably not. Those sections where you can fly around. Like, she was flying around in the trees and stuff, and yeah. that was badass. And you want to fly around in the trees and stuff. But how many times are you well, going to fly around in that same spot? You you would not like Destiny very much, but let me tell you how they're going to solve I it. I would not. They're going to solve it by having about four to five zones total and having you be able to fly around all of them, but you, you get your wooded area, your lava planet, your moon planet, and your ice planet, and that's yeah. going to be it. Destiny was well, exactly though. Than it sounded like it was going to be pre-release. Uh, yeah, I don't... What? And that's what I'm worried about with this game. Is like, like It does actually intrigue me in a way that Destiny never did. Uh, but I, I'm concerned that it's just going to be a lot of segments, and I don't, I'm not interested in that. It's hard to say what is a cinematic and what's not. I am not yeah. sold on this game at all. Uh, I've already, like, gone over, over to Warframe as much as you guys hate it. It is 100% better than don't Destiny. And, like, they have, the one thing about Warframe is the movement is perfect. Like, yep. it is down pat, and... That's a free-to-play game on my computer that I can play right now. And so it's got to have, like, a story. It's got to have some really interesting characters where I am not sold. Yeah, like, I... I'm... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I like Warframe. I The only thing that puts me off Warframe is its art style and the fact that it's free-to-play has some... A little bit of free-to-play jankiness, but it it is pretty fun to play. I Warframe's good. Yeah. I'm in a similar boat where, like, I'm already interested, like, I'm invested in Destiny, and I'm interested in playing Destiny 2, and, like, if this game is just going to be, a, like, primarily a Destiny kind of game without a big focus on story or whatever, or some other thing to hook me, I'm not going to make the leap over unless Destiny 2 is, like, some kind of horrible trash fire, which is always a possibility with uh, the way Destiny 1 turned out. I mean, the odds are on Destiny too. I would say, you know, yeah. factoring in the history of the of this whole companies. I'm just so sad. Yeah, I'm disappointed in that. Like, it could be a good game, but it's not the game that I was expecting or wanting from Bioware Edmonton. Unless there is a big story what, component what did that they just neglected to show us. I was hoping for something like Back to Basics, make a new RPG franchise. Or just do KOTOR 3 finally, you fuckers. Yeah, I was just about to say, go go do KOTOR 3 and trash out all the canon of all of the other nonsense. 
But they probably couldn't manage that with how big uh, Swator was, even if it wasn't super big. Yeah, and it's still going. Was there any other games we were really excited about from Microsoft? No, but I I will say that we're like 40 minutes in and we've only covered yeah, two well, out of like 10. Yeah, let's move on. Um, and actually, I want to take like a quick five-minute break here. Wah, wah. Well, but that's going to be a lot of dead air. I can edit it out. It's fine. I'm fucking with you. Movie of course, I can edit a professional. it out. <laughs> Josh is not a professional. Leave uh, in the break. It'll be good. Yeah, it'll be great. Everyone wants to hear it's us. It's like fun a meditation session. I'm just gonna sing the Ducktales theme song here for about ten minutes in a row. Now we have to leave it in. So, how uh, how are you enjoying the the trailers for the new Ducktales? There's Isn't trailers for the new Ducktales. They're doing character by character profiles. I would recommend watching launch pads. Um, also, I'm excited. I want to go see those. Also, the, they came out with the new uh, tra- the new intro, which is the new cover of the theme song, which is pretty. Oh great. my god. That's is that the one with all of the actors singing it? Because I gotta say, no, I'm pretty I'm pretty no, stoked about the actors they got for that. They they do have really good actors. The cast is amazing, but uh, they got Lin Manuel uh, Miranda also in addition nice. to the people that were in that video. Um, he's going to be Gizmoduck, and the guy that becomes Gizmoduck, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but, um, no, they have the video out for the actual intro of the show. We all still here? Yeah, we did no, a great thing. No, we're all thing. watching DuckTales now. God damn it. You gotta, you gotta leave this bit in, Josh. Please don't leave this, this in. Has been the, this has been the most... We Chris and I synchronized on the theme of DuckTales humming it. You gotta leave it in. You'll see it in the edits. You gotta leave it in. It could I be a stinger, but don't leave it in. Seeing this. <laughs> Alex, you still there? Yep. Alright, let's get back on track. I think Chris and I were on track. And that takes us to the Bethesda press conference where not a whole lot of interest happened. Uh... They announced some VR games, including yet another re-release of Skyrim that will be sixty bucks. Do we know that? I, I don't think it that. was. Let's see. It's got a Steam page right now. Skyrim VR. No. Oh, you know what? They didn't actually announce Skyrim uh, there. They announced it at like the Sony press conference, didn't they? Um, yeah. I don't. Maybe they didn't actually right. show Sony the footage. Fucking exclusive. That... Um, uh, but Doom but VFR is only thirty bucks. So the Fallout Four VR is sixty. But Doom VFR is only thirty. I'm I'm confused. Am I crazy? Did I make that up? No, it it is only thirty. But but Fallout Four VR is sixty bucks. It is a fucking full priced game that's going to come out sometime this year. Uh. And it's not just a thing where, like, you can buy, you know, this for 10 bucks if you already own Fallout 4 or something. You have to pay fucking 60 bucks, and that's ridiculous. Does it work with the mods? I don't know. I mean... Is it its own standalone thing? I don't... Anyway. Um, so... And then uh, the other big thing to come out of the Bethesda conference was uh, New Wolfenstein. 
that is the only big news. They, they kind of blew all the games they had in the in the pipe last year. And uh, Todd Howard didn't even show up. Yeah, it's it's kind of a quiet year for Bethesda. A lot of DLC, um, a lot of re-releases. A new Wolfenstein looks cool. I I'm still weirded out that they're continuing the alternate history timeline. That's still weird to me. I I know I'm like alone in this. What but did you expect them to do? Like full on go back to Wolfenstein. Like to me, that is a one off alt alt timeline thing that is like like Marvel zombies or whatever. It's like a non canon what if. It's a fun one shot. To, well, to continue now it's on, the main franchise. <laughs> well, that's it's freaking weird. It's a weird place to sit. Like a timeline where the Nazis already won and all hope is lost, and every level is this brutalist, brutalist architecture where you kill things from the seventies, and we have like cutesy seventies covers of like Jimi Hendrix songs, but they're in German to look to sell you on the alt history angle, and I just, I. I, I mean, just want to go back to when shooting Jimmy Nazis Hendrix was a simple thing. Dies on screen <laughs> in the first game, so probably not Jimi Hendrix songs, but well, you know what I mean. They they have covers of the slightly twisted covers, sort of like Bioshock Infinite, except instead of old timey acapella groups, it's either songs in German or songs right. with slightly twisted lyrics. They're they're doing sort the of like um, man in a high castle thing. Yeah. I'm all, I'm getting the impression now that Bethesda's just leaning really hard into like the retro sort of aesthetic of their games and thinking yeah. that that's their company is like they they take 50s and 60s and 70s stuff and put the shooting in it and people will like that and that is their brand now and mm. like the whole Bethesda land thing was just full of that kind of like Disney World style like oh my early God, right. marketing. And oh, I don't know how also... I feel about that, because it's all, it, there's no substance to that. That reminds me, they also announced their new version of paid mods. Yeah, we're not gonna, we don't know enough to, to criticize it, but I'm sure it's going to be interesting. Uh, apparently it's going to be like, you, full of it can't be an existing mod, it has to be a new mod, which makes me wonder if anyone is going to go for that shit at all. Well, and then people were talking about how do you... There's some clauses in there about when you get paid, you have to dole it out to all team members, but what does that mean on big mods that some people yeah, contribute like and leave and other people come in at the, the end? You're not going to see the like Skywind ever end up as a paid mod. <laughs> you never um, know. That's yeah. about it for Bethesda. I, I uh, and it. then they... Then there was the Devolver Digital Conference, which wasn't so much a conference or anything where anything got announced as it was a, a bizarre, surreal, like, taking the piss at E3, it, Adult Swim, Tim and Eric-style yeah. show. That sums it up nicely. Uh, which was cool, we and I was drunk, so... Yeah. Because that, like, really those gameplay elements went drunk. on all night. They went Yo, all night. Man. I'm so we, we stuck like, around as long as we did. Yeah, like we would have lost that contest to see who would have lasted the longest watching that. Because yeah. damn, <laughs> yeah. I like how it's not even who would have actually stayed as much as you would have both lost for having done it. Exactly, wasting our time. Um, which which fed into uh, the next morning when I uh, streamed the Intel press conference. And it felt kind of like I was still in the Devolver Digital Conference, because holy shit. 
like it was this bizarre surreal thing with like some inexperienced Intel spokesperson coming out and talking up Intel processors really hard and then like missing his cues and like, like having sound guys missing their cues and like switching cameras and having other cameras like boom cameras, like still in the shot and like all this like baby's first press conference mistakes. Uh, it was weird, and like the, the the main thing they announced was a VR esports Rocket League style game, which looks absolutely hell to play. Uh, and then they said they were going to have a, a tournament of it, like on the show floor when the conference started. So I never heard anything about it from after that, but um, it was it was a trip. Uh, and I was still kind of hungover from being drunk last night, uh, and it was weird. It was a fever dream conference. Uh, and then immediately after were, that... Were you the only one that watched that? Uh, it was me and uh, Ninjustin, uh, who very graciously agreed to fill in at very short notice for the fact that like nobody else was there. Um, I was asleep. It's an unfortunate thing when it work. happens during the day on a Monday. You were you weren't asleep, glitch. You were working. You just, like oh, I yeah, was like, "Hey, right. you coming?" And you were like, Mo- "No, I'm Mo- I Mondays gotta my do stuff." Days. It was Ubisoft that I was asleep for. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mondays are work days. Can't be helped. Um, that fed into the PC gaming show, which I don't know much about. Um, not a whole lot of interesting stuff happened there. It still had like day nine and uh. OMG, it's Firefox and, like, these other Twitch streamer people handling things in a very, like, you're not quite getting it manner. Uh, Like, lots of weird, awkward, like, the audience was supposed to laugh at this joke and they didn't kind of thing. Um, You know, that, that it continues to be a very awkward show. Um, that was when they had the last night guy on to, uh, talk about, uh, who, where he apologized for, um, the tweets he made. Um, they announced some like mech turn-based strategy game that looked kind of interesting. Um, I'm, I'm zoning out here, Josh. I, it wasn't that interesting. That sounds about as interesting as the conference was, so. Uh, which takes us to Ubisoft, uh, which is, uh, pretty much exactly the opposite, because what the fuck Mario Rabbids XCOM? What is this? We were, like, making Um... so much... We were we were laughing our asses off at this like stupid Mario and Rabbids game until we got to the gameplay and it was like holy shit they they're taught like that guy just took cover behind half cover and then Mario went into Overwatch and fucking smoked that dude like what what the f- like even with the same XCOM camera angles for like when shots happen it was nuts. I like that is is probably my most anticipated game of this conference and the biggest surprise because like what what is going on? Nintendo realized that other games exist and now they're pulling like the weirdest combinations you could think of out of a hat and making those things a reality. I 
really don't have anything to add. I it's it's XCOM with Mario and the, the obnoxious rabbits. I'm, I'm going to buy that game. I'm as to whether permadeath is a thing. <laughs> I sure hope it is. Permanently kill Mario. <laughs> I don't think that that's a thing that can happen in the game, but I kind of hope it is, just to see how Nintendo handles it. It's not um, gonna be like that's not gonna happen. I I don't like the, I, I don't the know. only game franchise that's comparable that Nintendo has under its hat. Uh, Steam, is whatever. Fire Emblem. Uh, and and no, like no, that that's is not a true. way more serious fucking game when it comes to permadeath than this. No, there's a what is this Steam game? Is it Codename Steam? Codename Steam is an XCOM alike, and uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on this. What the fuck? It's a 3DS game that is um, where you get to choose different characters, and they're from alt history versions of superheroes. Nope. And they, you don't. Know, you have a 3ds, right? I I have a 3ds. Did so you it's, dream it's a, about this game? No, it's Project Steam or Codename Steam. Look it up. It's it is. Yeah, a I game, know what you're talking. It's it's not got great reviews primarily because you have to watch the battle animations every time you attack, and people say that this makes it super tedious. Oh, you also have to watch the enemy turn play out their turn, which makes it super tedious. Where you're only playing once every couple minutes, and that drives people nuts. But um, aside from that, it's apparently not a bad turn-based strategy game. So it's not like Nintendo hasn't messed with this. And yes, Fire Emblem is also akin to turn-based strategy. So Advance Wars, I guess, also. Although Advance Wars is basically a Fire Emblem without characters. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, why farm out your most prized mascot to a third party for... Th- an XCOM ripoff with Ubisoft's Rabbids. Who approved that decision is, I guess, what I'm confused about. It's so Well, Mario and Sonic at the Olympics happened, so... Okay, I concede, I concede that this is not the first time this has happened. Or Mario teaches typing. It looks zany, and it was perfect for a press conference, but... Ah, uh, who knows. The, the guy who made it's really proud of it, so we'll, we'll, we'll let it go. I... I don't think it's it's you, you can't really deny that it's it's interesting. It's not. I mean, sure, the rabbits thing is kind of annoying, but it's not boring and it's not the same. And I'm kind of interested. Like Nintendo doesn't I, interest me very often, so I'm I like none of their games are curious. boring right now. Well, Kirby, but we'll come to Nintendo later. Wait, hey, hold on a minute. You're we'll, we'll wait for you're knocking on that that pink little Kerbo blob. And I, I can't brook this. Little Kerbo blob. blob. It was that in Wario. Um, anyway, uh, like, I really dig XCOM gameplay, and, like, if I can have XCOM gameplay on the Switch, I'm on board. And also, like, this is the craziest fucking ridiculous idea I've ever heard. I uh, miss that from, from them, though. I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then there's Assassin's Creed Origins, which actually uh, had a gameplay demo in the Microsoft conference, I think. Uh, but it's a Ubisoft game, so let's talk about it now. Uh, I'm, like, unreasonably excited for this game, and it's 100% because I really want an Assassin's Creed game that is not yet another European thing. 
like every single Assassin's Creed game since uh, the first one has been predominantly set in like basically the Western world, uh, be that the New World and European colonies or Europe proper, with the one exception of uh, Assassin's Creed Revelations, but that game wasn't really all that good. Uh, and I've really been wanting like something more ancient and something much more foreign, so it's not just like, hey, we we have a, a set of things that everybody understands and has heard of. Like I want something more interesting, more wondrous, more adventurous for for the setting. And Egypt is that, even if it looks like it's the version of Egypt that I would prefer not to go to, which is the uh, the Ptolemaic period. And uh, in fact, I'm like there are apparently Romans in the game, so I am 100% certain that like the main plot of that game is going to be like Caesar and Mark Antony and Cleopatra because. Like, what else would it be setting the game in that time? It's it's the Forrest Gump of video games. Just yeah. meeting every <laughs> famous person. Yeah. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm I, me me and Ubisoft are kind of on the outs given given their obsession recently with crappy open world games, and I'm just I like their multiplayer stuff lately, but their single player stuff is just less left me ice cold. Um, yeah. But they seem to be genuinely interested in fixing the fact that pretty much every mechanic in Assassin's Creed sucked, and I'm curious to see if they've succeeded. The stealth still looks really bad, but everything else, the, the fighting looks better. Um, some of the other... Uh, there, there's an RPG system now that lets you actually maybe spec out a real character set instead of just yeah. getting upgrades for everything. Um, there's a loot drop system, which is curious. I'm I'm willing to give it a shot just because it represents meaningful change. I don't know if it fixes everything. The stealth and the climbing specifically still look like rogue or uh, straight up uh, rote, uh, not rote, bog standard. That's the word I'm looking for. Bog standard Assassin's Creed stuff. Um, yeah, but they're trying. The combat... and, and you know what? Like I'll give it to them. You and I were kind of getting into it uh, during the press conference because, like, basically they've thrown out everything that makes Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed, which, I mean, is a valid, like, complaint, I guess, a valid observation, uh, because, like, the combat is um, basically Dark Souls-ish. It's Souls combat. Uh, you know, the the game itself looks very much in in style of, like, Horizon Zero Dawn in terms of what you're doing. Uh, there's a, like, a hard-level cap system where, like, high-level enemies will kill you um, and will take less damage from you and do more damage to you and vice versa. Uh, so, like, that's all... Like, yes, that's all not at all Assassin's Creed and, like, just copped from other games, but, like, I, at this point... I'm, I don't think the Assassin's Creed mechanics were really worth salvaging, so like, I guess I'm not bothered by that that much. I just... My, my concern primarily is that it, it really is not drawing from new play, or it, It's not coming up with anything new. It's drawing from established yeah. places. Soulsy combat is good, and, and it's better than the crappy thing that Assassin's Creed had before, which was like lock-on, time-based animation-driven crap. Um, I, I like Souls Combat better. So that's good. That's an improvement. But it's an improvement yeah. that basically borrows wholesale mechanics from other games. Um, same thing with like the loot drop system. It I don't know if that necessarily makes sense in an Assassin's Creed game 
to to move towards more numbers based, stat based, role playing stuff. Unless you're actually going to let me build a rig, like that's my concern. Is is this just a time filler thing that gets me to like drop a bunch of Ubisoft bucks on fancy chests to maybe unlock purple items that are the rarest, coolest thing possible, or is it like an attempt to actually get me to really roleplay and and be like, no, I'm more of an arrow assassin here in Egypt, or no, I'm more of a blade stealth assassin, or no, I'm more of a I don't even know what else you could do in Assassin's Creed sword, I guess. There was I'm, like I'm a lot of, of animal stuff there. Oh yeah, like hunting. Yeah, treat. they they showed off their Assassin's Creed game in the demo they did after the show uh, by. Go, diving underwater and fighting a hippo with a spear. That was so, so upsetting. Very Assassin's Creed. You mean Far Cry? No, I mean that definitely these are the things that I was doing in the other Assassin's Creed games, so it's good to know that they're back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're right. they're definitely pushing the Far Cry angle there with the animals pretty hard, it seems like. Yeah. You know, yeah. like ten hippos to get the the quest to go get the golden hippo, so you can upgrade your wallet. I'm just not interested in that at all. Like that is why I wasn't. I'm not interested in like the newer, like the primal far cry primal. All that like I don't want to go around massacring yeah. animals, and maybe that makes me like sensitive or uh, whatever. But it's just not my idea of fun. What are you, some kind of sociopath? You don't want to go around murdering animals. <laughs> Uh, what else do they have at Ubisoft? Um, they had that boat game that, like, they kind of introduced everyone, it as if it was going to be, like, a Black Flag 2 or something. Everyone was so was excited like, about that game, uh, at least in my circles. It kind of overshadowed like, the other one. Sea of Thieves. That's what I was saying, is it overshadowed Sea of Thieves, but I'm like, that game is going to suck compared to, well, okay, right. I say that. I should I should bite my tongue and then say you know I'll give it a chance but but it looks like just another ship combat game and we already have yeah, games I, like Black Wake and they're vaguely interesting they're not something that's going to keep my attention for a long time. So, I was on we'll board see. with that game until they were like you are a boat and you, this is a five v five multiplayer game and like okay yeah see and I guess they said like later that it's going to have a single player campaign but if it's just like you're a boat I'm less interested in that <laughs> I'm a boat. Um, and then of course there was the the big thing that no one expected them to actually do, which was Beyond Good and Evil Two is a thing again. Uh, granted, this was only a CG trailer, so but damn, it's not the song was so good any more official than the last time they did this. You know, they've they've done this before. Uh, but it does seem like, like, from the prominence they gave it, like, they're aware that everybody really wants a Beyond Good and Evil 2, and the team is really on board with actually doing it this time. Oh yeah, they also had Just Dance. Uh, and yeah. they had your favorite K-pop star. Yep. Hyuna made an appearance, verbally, and I'm still not interested in buying that game, but... <laughs> It was very nice, and I apologize uh, now for telling everyone to literally shut up while the song was playing. <laughs> I had to just know it, if it was true or not, and I wasn't just hearing things. But the panda was cute, too. The panda in the Just Dance 2 stuff? I don't yeah, they this. had like various colorful characters on the stage, and one of them was like oh, a panda... Okay. 
as you yeah, do. I, I I remember like the the Sub Zero guys. Oh yeah, the Techno Sub Zero. That yeah. was pretty cool. Um, getting back to Beyond Good and Evil Two here, I guess like that game is apparently very different tonally than like, or at least judging by the trailer, very different tonally than Beyond Good and Evil One. Like, there's swearing in it. And it feels very like fifth element in space, like even more than the fifth element was. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it. It's like I'm on board, I guess. Like it sounds kind of cool from what we've seen. I want to see the movie. That's kind of what you want, like or what what uh, you want Blizzard to do with Overwatch is like make a fucking movie out of this. Yeah, exactly. You guys want to do? Well, I mean. On, on the plus Warcraft side for Overwatch. Shit. On plus side for Overwatch is actually a really fun game, and I don't know about this game. I don't really know anything about the franchise. I didn't play the first one. But, like, if they just wanted to make a movie out of this thing, fuck yeah, I'm on board. I'd watch that movie. I was I was enthralled. Maybe they're taking a hint from Overwatch. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything to say about Beyond Good and Evil 2? Uh, it exists. Maybe. It is slated to exist. One. I'm a bad person, so yeah. But so beyond good and evil, that was the one with the monkey trailer, right? Yeah. Or we yes. Or am I confused? Yeah. Originally, I said the song from that was really good. I was thinking of the other trailer, the Evil Within. I get those two games confused just from the names. Uh, the that remix. was Bethesda actually. That was the other thing Bethesda did was the Evil Within, the sequel to I loved the, the song, the game that came out and everybody thought didn't come out. I think our basic comment on that one was like, hey, Silent Hills is leaking. Yeah. And that takes us to the PlayStation press conference, which was the last one that we covered. And that one, that Sony conference had uh, an interesting thing where for the first ten minutes, their sound was all fucked. And they were giving us, like, feed from the room instead of from the videos, which made it impossible to tell like what was going on in the um uncharted DLC or new game I'm not sure they had the PlayStation was the one with the motorbike zombie gang right yeah they yeah. they brought that game out again that that looked vaguely somewhat interesting maybe probably not i mean it, it didn't look any more interesting than it did last year uh, I didn't pay attention to last year's E3, so. I, like, I'm really surprised that game still exists. We didn't hear anything about it after last year's E3, and the response was, to say the least, tepid. Uh, I don't think anyone is interested in that game at this point. Um, they have more God of War stuff, which I'm interested in seeing, like, what's going on there. I noticed, like, their their combat looked more... God of War E in this one than it did in the trailer last year. Like the trailer last year almost looked like Dark Souls, and this time there like he was throwing his magical axe and causing things to explode and stuff, so you know. Uh but I, I'm still interested in that. Um I'm interested in a, a more mature take on Kratos as a character, I think, and this looks like they're going to try to do that. The Shadow of the Colossus, like, revamp, remaster. Yeah. Not even remaster, like, revamp. Again. 
They re-released it on the PlayStation yeah. 3, and now they're doing a, a graphics up, basically, for the PS4. Oh, uh, and there's a new Monster Hunter, and it's not on the 3DS, you guys. Yay. So I just I've feel got... like overall the Sony conference had a bunch of things that I feel like are interesting to a lot of people, but to me, nothing was exciting or innovative. I think innovative yeah. is the word here. Like, yeah. nothing was, like, you know, blowing me out of the water. It's, like, not that it was it's... a complete failure. It wasn't EA, but it was, like, oh, I'm at E3, like, digitally, and here I am, and these are things, and I'm going to go about yeah. my day and not think about them at all. Um, the, they didn't even, like, do anything about The Last of Us 2, which I was really expecting to see it, nor did we see anything about Death Stranding, which, like, I think I heard beforehand that they weren't going to have anything about Death Stranding, so that, like, wasn't that surprising, but, like... It, it makes sense, given its state of development. Yeah. Yeah, they, they like, were in pre-production when they did the trailer last time, so... Well... That that's the weird thing is is the politics surrounding Death Stranding's announcement feel more like aimed at a fuck you to Konami than like an actual hey right. we're announcing our game. It's more like there... we will make something without you and it will be this weird thing. Mm. Yeah, there was a certain element to the way that was timed where it was like this is not the point in time in a game's development where you would normally announce a game with a great big trailer. This was a lot of like like Hideo Kojima is here and he's already going again and he's making a new game and it's fucking like fucking weird. Like there there wasn't like there's clearly not any gameplay there and probably not gonna be any gameplay for a while. Like I'd be surprised if we see very much of it at the next E3. I think that's probably a 2019 game. Like a late 2019 game. Um so you know, Sony's was just like a lot of like, eh, that's cool. Then they had the um, Detroit game, which was a oh, real big yeah. disappointment for me. I I I don't know how you make that game. I don't know. I got nothing. I don't want to say anything about it. You be David Cage. I will reserve judgment until I have played it. I I have said my piece on it. I feel like you can make the formula work. I do not have faith that David Cage will ever make that formula work. Well, we talked about it on the stream, but I think, like, Until Dawn has found the balance between, like, that kind of game and also having gameplay and puzzles and yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, there's there's lots of, like, Until Dawn, Life is Strange, uh, even some of the better Telltale stuff. Telltale's done a lot of bad stuff, too, but, like, there are ways to make this idea of basically a glorified hypertext work. I don't feel that David Cage knows how a hypertext works, and I don't feel that David Cage knows how movies work, and the result is a film-slash-game that doesn't make any sense and is badly paced and plays badly and also does not have a good narrative or characters, and sadness ensues, and David Bowie makes a song. Sometimes. Okay, that happened once. Omicron has some good moments. <laughs> yeah, the the first one, and it's all been downhill from there. Um, I think that's everything we have to say about the PlayStation conference, the Sony conference. Um, VR? 
Oh right, that yeah, I was VR. They, about their VR. They announced um, Skyrim again. That was where they did it. They had didn't they have some other games uh, for VR? Oh no! Um, did, yeah. did we cover the? Did we cover their? They did um, have a their Until Dawn game. Yeah, they're yeah. yeah they're doing an Until Dawn VR game again. It's not like explicitly yeah, but not a shooter. But it's Until Dawn, but it looks like um, it's the Asylum from Until Dawn, and it's back in like the fifties. So yeah, that, yeah, that could be interesting. They showed that VR game where like the it was like a two D side scroller game. Oh, lucky! Oh, and we were all like, "What?" No, I was swearing. It was lucky called Star Child. We're talking about the other one. Yeah. Oh yeah, Star Child. Oh boy. What a game name. I'm still not clear if you play as that robot or if you play as somebody who can activate the robot or if you're playing as the little star child. The trailer was a little <laughs> unclear on all that. Oh, and the mouse yeah. game. The mouse game was really cute. Yeah. There's a game in VR where you help a mouse do platforming by putting stuff in front of it and blocking off bad things and it's super super cute and he's got a leaf gauntlet and it's adorable and I I I don't know if I'd buy a PlayStation VR for it but if I had a PlayStation VR that would be at the top of my list that and maybe the Until Dawn game uh, and then uh, we've got Nintendo to round out the showing and there's was the only conference that it was actually going on well E3 was officially going on they didn't really bring a lot to the party. I mean, there was a lot announcements that we were of the future. Expecting, where they did finally confirm I... that they are going to make a Pokemon game, uh, for the Switch that was a mainline Pokemon game and not a fucking fighting game. I I am confused as to the. PR angle they were shooting for because they were basically announcing in their treehouse exclusively Switch games. So it was all about assuaging Switch owners of there are games coming. And they didn't really cover 3DS at all, which is weird because they have a Metroid 2D game coming out. Um, yeah, that wasn't even in the treehouse. I didn't know that yeah. existed until like I read about it later. Uh, um, I guess. The big thing out of that is, like, there is Metroid again now, and it's not a f terrible, terrible multiplayer shooter that's not about Samus. I, I feel the way I feel when I bought a 3DS, which is I sense that this console will eventually have a tremendous library of awesome stuff, which the 3DS yeah. does now have, by the way. The 3DS is an amazing library. Like... I would argue the 3DS has the best library since, like, the PS2. It has an amazingly big, deep library. Um, but the Switch ain't got nothing right now, and it won't have anything through the end of the year. They're, they're getting Splatoon 2, ARMS just came out, and Mario. Mario's and that's October. It. Yeah, but th that's this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, through this right. year, that's kind of it. Yeah. Because Kirby, uh, they announced a Kirby, but that's next year. They announced that they're simply making a Metroid Prime 4, but there's not even a release date on that. They announced that they're making a Pokemon mainline game, 
but again, that they've just sort of started dev on that and they have nothing to show. So that's like 2018, yeah, that was like on a maybe. side in an interview about like the Pokémon tournament game, like. Oh, by the way, we're also making a real Pokemon game. Don't fucking freak out, guys. Uh, I, I think that's that's pretty consistent with the way they've handled the Switch in general, which has been a very, like, we're not going to go all in on this console until we're sure it's going to be a success. Like, that's the whole story with the the reason why you can't find it anywhere is that, like, they didn't make enough of this thing because they didn't want to end up in a situation like the Wii U where, like, it doesn't sell and you just have it on, like, sitting, like, dozens of them sitting on store shelves unbought until the death of the console. They had that new Xenoblade Chronicles game, which I've never played any before, but it seems like, again, an odd sort of, like, niche JRPG that should not be, like, the main thing that's kind of hyping people right now. Like, they need more of, like, their yeah. first-party stuff right now. And that's what sort of shocked me, was they, they... Mario was coming out this year, and they were kind of leading with that, but everything else they announced was the far far future. The closest thing they have is that Kirby game, which looks like a Kirby game, and I've I, I played a Kirby game. i already seen the airport. Um, but I, I don't need... What I want is more, more new games. Genuinely new, exciting games. And I'm going to pick up Splatoon 2, because I'm a sucker for Splatoon, and I'm going to pick up Mario, because it's Mario. But it sounds like I'm going to still, at the end of this year, only have like five games on my Switch. That's true, and all that said, can we talk about how fucking good that Mario trailer was? Um, like he, I don't he, he throw your hat at things, and you become the thing. I don't know if that's a great mechanic for a Mario game. You throw your hat at a real human person, and you become that human person. What is going on in this game? It's very I, disturbing. It, they're trying to figure out basic platforming puzzles that introduce new platforming mechanics that aren't basically Mario, so you can possess stuff to move in different ways. And, okay. It also had a really I, good song. I, it looks pretty. It looks fun. I'm gonna, like, like I said, I'm going to pick it up. It's going to sell a trillion copies no matter what. It's Mario. And I like that... I'll say this. I like the fact that, from what I've heard, they are pulling from mostly Mario 64 and Mario Sunshine. Yeah. I, that's kind of adorable, and I, I, I want to play that game. It is a, a bigger, like, stage game. It is a, a 64 and Sunshine-sized stages. It's not like the galaxy thing of, like, you've got a couple of tiny planets kind of thing, or you've got this little play area, or the 3D world thing, which was, like... um like just basically side scrolling levels that were that had like a z axis on them yeah uh, so it's straight up real 3d that's exciting to me because like like 64 is one of the best games ever it, like it's exploration that kind of stuff again having a game that's about exploration and finding secrets is exciting to me that that's the one thing that i'm like oh okay all right that sounds interesting yeah i want to explore these levels use my platforming skills to fully explore a place because galaxy didn't have that galaxy was very as, as amazing as galaxy is um yeah it wasn't really about exploration it was about manipulating yourself in these wacky 3d spaces um and and they're heading back now towards exploration which i can dig 
I think they took a page out of Link Between Worlds too with that whole like 3D to 2D stuff too, which I was like, I was like, I'm not like, oh, this is amazing because it's like Link Between Worlds did it really well and that was cool. Um, So it's not like that crazy new or exciting or anything, but it's kind of a nice little element. I don't know. It's a Mario Um, game. They're always good. I am significantly more excited for it than I was when they made the announcement. And it was like, what the f- like, is this going to be like the other more recent Mario games that are kind of not that great? Um, you know, 3d world was kind of a bomb from what I hear. Uh, and like the latest paper Mario was kind of crappy too. And you know, they, all they've really been doing is consistently put out like new super Mario brothers clones like it feels like it's time for a proper return to like 3D platformer form Mario. And after this trailer, I feel very confident that it'll actually turn out pretty well. I, I watched some of the um, Treehouse hangout, whatever they call them, um, video playthroughs of, of some of the levels that were not on the show floor. And it looks very much like an exploration-based um, Mario game. And I really, really dig that. I, I, I like the exploration angle. I like the collectability angle. My only concern is I think you're going to end up with people that feel the same way they feel about ukulele. Like, it feels old school intentionally in some ways, and I don't know if that's going to upset some people, where there's, like, collecting a hundred of these things in every level, yeah. or collect you need to get 64 moons or whatever the number is to 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 beat the game and you know each level has four moons and you can get you know you just need to get three of them to get to the next place but you could get all four and it's a design thing that it feels very old school and i feel like it's the 90s again when people are going to complain about uh first person shooters having key cards <laughs> yeah i mean that game's coming out pretty soon it'll be interesting to see uh what it actually turns out to be uh, I think that's everything. I mean, not everything, everything. Obviously, there were more games we didn't talk about or even remember seeing, but uh, that was the the major things that stuck out to us in the press conferences. And we've got a little bit more time. Do you want to do like a mailbag question or two? Yeah. Do you want to be able to record spoiler warning? I mean, we've only been going for like... An, an hour, hour and a half. Really? We could do a mailbag. We didn't do me. one last week. How about we do a topical one? Um, Kodiak asks, Okay, so how about instead of rating hamburgers, we rate console names from smartest to the Xbox One X? <laughs> uh, I, actually, the Xbox One X is not the worst console name ever. I mean, the Wii U pretty much takes that. Like... I, like it's what about the, the new 3ds at, at the bottom and then like yeah like the new 3ds xl and like that kind of ilk like the new 2ds xl that kind of stuff uh is somewhere down there too the wii is down there like maybe about equal with the xbox one x um dreamcast was a pretty fucking rad name mm-hmm. yeah dreamcast in is fact neat. most most of Sega's console names were pretty cool. PlayStation is great too. Yeah, PlayStation is great. Like it feels mundane to us now, 
because uh, like it's so ubiquitous. But back when it came out, like that was a pretty good name. Um, uh, I really like the Nintendo 64. I just think that I, I don't know. I have a heart for it. I like <laughs> the that reference name, to its 64-bit. Um, I don't even I know like what that was 64 not the first bit in to it. Do that. I I like that kind of thing. I know it's not like good, but if we're rating them on a personal scale, Nintendo's it was it there. was the Xbox NES. 360 of Nintendo console names. I, I'm I I'm gonna Xbox anger a lot of old people. Is, eh. I I am not a fan of the Atari naming scheme of just putting a model number in your console and claiming that that's oh, your console neither. name. It's stupid. Who remembers that? No one. 2600, 4800, I can't remember. I'm, I'm naming modem bods more than I'm naming <laughs> console names, but still. Also, props to the GameCube for maybe being the most literal? <laughs> it was definitely a cube that you could play games in. Very simple. Just give it to me straight, Nintendo. Just a GameCube. That's all I need. No wee bullshit. Sega CD wasn't a great name because it was literally no. a system built on CDs. How about the 90s consoles? The the 90s also rans of 3DO and Jaguar. Jaguar makes me think of a car, so like maybe not a great thing for brand recognition. 3DO is also not a great type. Yeah, Game Boy, is, on the Game other Boy hand. is pretty amazing as as far as branding goes. It was it's interesting like it that they games, dumped but it's that small. for the significantly less cool Nintendo DS. Yeah, like I, I think it's something they would have had to have dumped at some point anyway, because like it's very obvious now that like. Boys are not the only people who play video games, um, but like for its time, it was a pretty damn good name. Um, Neo Geo is a fun thing to say. Uh, on the other hand, Engage is not, and of course, like Xbox as a name is probably actually really lame. Yeah, it was never cool. Not in the way that the GameCube was. It's like, GameCube, yes. Xbox, yeah. no. Like, the name Xbox. GameCube is, like, tiny. Like, the name Xbox sounds very much like what you would expect from that era of Microsoft naming stuff. I don't know. What would you say is the best console name ever? GameCube is good, Game Boy is good. Nintendo actually has some of the best ones that are actually very literal for what the console does. Um, Even the Switch uh, sums up what it does really well. I like the Switch as a name. We didn't have the situation Um, of, like, I still remember the codename of the Wii, and it was Revolution, and that was a way fucking better name that still described what the hell the console was. In fact, it did it better than the Wii the the remember when the uh, and was it the GameCube was codenamed the Dolphin? Yeah, that was not a good code name. Um, NX was a pretty good code name, but it like Switch is actually a better name. And then you went from Revolution to Wii. Revolution. Yeah. Wii. 
Wii's not terrible because it's meant to be inclusive and, you know, that was the whole idea of the console was its accessibility. So I get Wii. Unfortunately. I, I know that it's, it's worse in England because Wii means P, but it doesn't mean that here or in Japan. So, but Wii U is a pretty, Wii U may very well be the worst console name. It, it is oh, a brand absolutely. new console. Absolutely. It, it doesn't mean anything. It's it's we, but it's also you. Okay, what? Like we makes sense. It's all of us together. We're all gonna play a game. But we, you, it's us, and then it's you. And I'm. What message does that send to consumers? I don't. And then half the consumers thought it was just like a, a half step up from the Wii, like the PS4 Pro, and Which was not nobody knew what the hell it was. The marketing was. And like it, the, it you just, could still use Wiimotes with it, and some games even required those, and like stuff like that. Um, I I do seriously wonder how much different the last five years would be if the Wii U had been named anything else. The Jazzercise. <laughs> the Wendy's spicy crispy chicken sandwich. God damn it! I thought we were doing burger places. What? No, this is instead of rating hamburgers. I heard rate hamburger spicy places. crispy chicken sandwich is not one of those it's either. It's the best burger that anyone has ever invented. You don't even need it's not a regular a fucking burger for burger. it. It's 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 everything that you ever wanted and more. The the wee spicy crispy chicken sandwich. You. So that's what we think about console names. Uh, thank you for the question, uh, Kodiak. And I think that's probably all we have time for. I think we've uh, we've been going for an hour and 35 minutes here, so that'll probably get cut down. But uh, that has been a Spodcast. Remember, you can uh, ask questions in our mailbag, and we'll probably answer them sometimes at uh, by sending also, an email to spoilerwarningshow at gmail.com. Send suggestions for new names, please. God, we went an entire podcast without bringing that up. I will I will bring it up every podcast until we have a better name. You are the reason we have the name that we do. It was a joke suggestion, and that was the best. You've been on the internet long proffered. enough. You know how this works. But like for reals, right? You're actually like doing like a thing where you're asking people to help us. Yes, for like real. we're not like, kidding. I- I, I genuinely believe we need a better name than Spodcast, although Josh doesn't want it because we have to redo the art. But but yeah, because we have to redo the art. Is that how we're framing it? Because we, as we in you. multiple people here, yeah. I just I just Spodcast <laughs> is such a bad name. Is it worse than Wii U? Is it the worst console title ever? I yes, it is worse than Wii U. Wii U has continuity. Uh... Mm, mm. Spoiler warning, podcast, spodcast, I can see it. Wii U, what is it even? But, I, but what is this spoiler spo- warning? No, I'm not <laughs> like, it should be like the Spodcast, right? SPW, spoiler warning podcast. That's really Spod- difficult to say. The, well, Spodcast like just doesn't make like sense. Little babies. Spodcast. Uh... It makes sense. It's just the it's the very first letter of spoiler warning, and that's it. That's okay, not so how it doesn't make parts. perfect sense. Well, it doesn't have to be an acronym. Ac- ac- it should be the sp- spodcast. Wuh. 
With the W at the end. <laughs> that works, because that's like, like a Wii U, the Spodcast W. The, the Spodcast 1x1x1 underscore edgy. You know every response to this is just going to be, fuck you, Chris, now it's even more Spodcast. It's the Spodcast X. <laughs> the Spodcast thing. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye, I'll see you next week. I'm your personal friend on the internet. Yeah, we don't actually see that. He doesn't have any friends in real life. <laughs> Mine is. 